0: is the Schaefer Baseball Report, an inside look at America's pastime. From Little League all the way to the Big League. Now here's your host, former Major League infielder Jeff Schaefer.
1: We're live. All right, welcome everybody Schaefer Baseball Report. This is a Wednesday edition. We are going to move our show to Wednesdays um, on a regular basis now. Fridays seem to be a little bit difficult because Andrew seems to Travel all over every weekend. You guy's taking more vacations than anybody. His mom and I have been working here for gone for 36, 20 years now. And we gone haven't for taken many hours. vacations, Jared, that he's taken in, in the past three months. I'm um, gone for like, oh, 36 hours. Yeah, we be huh. man. I'm
2: gone for 36 hours.
1: But you're gone.
2: <laughs> yeah. You're on vacation. And, and I'll get a fight. call from Jeff every morning. Hey, can you do this for me? What's my
1: password? <laughs> What's my <laughs> password? Can you fix this? How come I can't download anything? I'm taking constantly. it over now. Yep.
2: Do so, you remember well, where the got, key uh, is?
1: Got Andrew One Tools Ike here, as usual. Um, got New and, Blood. Uh, we got a Greenhorn in. You ever watch uh, Deadliest Catch? Oh, it's a great show. Oh, it's awesome, right? Then the guys they bring on the boat for the first time, yeah. and they're puking and they're nervous and all that. Yeah. That's him right now. Some <laughs> of them to <even> leave <laughs> the boat. We, we got a puke bucket next to him. He's ready to, <laughs> he's ready to hurl. <laughs> so, um, But uh, we, got, we got a good show today. Um, one of my closest friends uh, from the baseball world, we've been friends for, for many, many, many years now. Uh, teammate of mine and um, Steve Springer, quality at bats. Everybody out there probably knows who he is, or what he is. He's one of the one of the greatest teachers of the approach to the game, the mental approach to the game of of hitting. And uh, it's it's not something that uh, it just was thrown together. I mean, I watched him practice this when we were when we were teammates playing. I mean, he literally lived by this, and he's uh, so he's passionate about it. And when he uh, when he presents, he's not only a uh, um, a good presenter of the philosophies and and the things that he believes and the things he's learned along the way, but he's absolutely an entertainer. You know, he's uh, he could be a stand-up comedian somewhere, and uh, so he'll be on. He'll be on here in about five minutes. But um, catch up on some of the things that are going on out here. Uh, we have on June eighth and 9th, We're pretty pretty excited about this, we just landed Architect Sports uh, this morning as a, as one of the sponsors for the event. Um, it is the UDACF, You Deserve a Chance Foundation, all-star game. We're going to do upper class, lower class. So we're going to go seniors and juniors um, on one in one game. And then we're going to go sophomores and freshmen um, in another game. Everybody's going to be vetted. It's not just uh, a registration, a free-for-all, you know. And it's going to be free for all the players, which we are very excited about. I mean, people don't do things like that. You know, we're going to go ahead and do it. You know, we will. we will have a gate. Uh, the gate will uh, all the proceeds from the gate will go right to uh, you deserve a chance Foundation and not whole. Um, it's you know those are those are two of the three foundations out here. Uh, CMR, people have heard this before, but Carolina Metro Reds Morris Madden, another former major league guy, his organization um, and uh, you deserve a chance Foundation came together you know a few years ago, almost four years ago. it's probably four years ago, maybe getting on five uh to purchase this land out here and then we've turned around and developed one of the nicest facilities we know in the carolinas um we know it's set too because we put as much work into that outside as we do inside now we we love it i mean we got a great a great maintenance crew i say maintenance crew but they were the the constructors of the fields uh ea sports fields eddie Buskey and uh and hunter Buskey. um And, uh, you know, we got the staff out here right now making sure this place isn't good. If I can get you two guys to bend over and pick up bottle caps and papers when you walk past them, it'll look even better. I'm picking up stuff on the way in here. I'm going, what was it? I never saw Andrew bend over and pick up a piece of paper. Sure I did. When?
2: All the time. Really? Yeah, this weekend. You should have saw us picking up stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Really? Jared, I don't know. Uh sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> right? Sometimes. We okay, gotta get like them that. rocks still out there. <laughs> oh man, I pick up rocks all the time. Yeah. That was the worst That's the decision. Worst. No, 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 That's yeah. probably out of everything. I think the two things. We should put the concession on the front side. Yeah. You know, a little bit more visibility and for the people in the concession to see the games. That always helps uh, you know. And um putting rocks, you know, a gravel driveway down between the fields and not thinking kids and rocks.
2: There's no, oh, there's kids this weekend with the USA. They, they, they have their hoodies and they put rocks all in the pocket of their hoodie, try to dump them down the drain. I'm like, kids, you can't do that. And the parents are just, Oh, I'm sorry. We didn't see them. Yeah. It's yeah. like, a,
1: they were chucking them this weekend. Oh, they're yeah. <laughs> fine. Rocks on the big fields. They're I mean, it's, we're constantly, you know, picking up rocks. So
2: we're, we, we are, you know. someone said it yesterday. We're like the, the old people that they
1: get off my lawn. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Right, man. I'm that, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm guarded. You gotcha. know, I mean, we're guarded with it. you know, I mean, Andrew looks up at the, you know, out his window all day long from his office. Like, you know, we got to do this, we got to do that. So, but we take a lot of pride in it, you know? And again, you, you build something like this, you better have the mentality of maintaining it. You know, it, it's like anything else. You buy something good and you take care of it. It's going to, it's going to look a certain way for a long time, but you know, we're constantly repairing things, you know, from windscreens, you, you never have any idea, you know, when you grow up on fields like this, and mm-hmm. fortunate enough to play How in much? the big leagues and, you know, you're playing on the most beautiful fields in the world. It mm-hmm. never dawns on you what goes into, you know, maintaining a field. But, you know, when the game's over or before the game, it's all ground screw. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's it's well, all In work.
2: between, too. Fertilizer, overseed, you got uh, aerate the field. I mean, there's a lot that goes there's into a lot, it behind the scenes. You know? I
1: never had a clue before coming mm-hmm. here. Like,
2: it's a whole different world with how you take care of it and, you know stuff you I, gotta do every day it's fun
1: though i mean yeah. it's not you know it's like you know sometimes you know we we, we run into time crunches in here because mm. we have yep. certain things to do administratively um but on the on the flip side we'd much rather be out there on the field you know picking up rocks and cleaning things up and fixing things and yep. you know prepping because when it's game time and this place looks mint you know, it's it's exciting, and you know, we, and we get so much positive feedback. People coming in here, going, "Wow, this is this is amazing." Yep. Then you explain to them how we built the field, you know, because they have what they call pop up <clears throat> fields, mm-hmm. which basically is they skin the earth, and then they yep. throw grass down, and no then they throw during, there's, there's, no drainage, <clears throat> there's no drainage, there's no sub base to it, and it, uh, you know, those are those are tough, you know. But we go we go rye and Bermuda here, so we get to see the transition in the grass, you know, um, you know there isn't a weed on that field mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty amazing. Bermuda's coming through soon, right? Yeah, the Bermuda's so, starting to pop. You know, we'll get up, we'll get yeah. a period in there when it starts to warm up. We'll go from green to a little bit yellow for about a couple of weeks, and transition out, and then all of a sudden it'll be electric. Yeah. The Bermuda's really cool because when you tighten that grass up, you know the rye is the thicker, you know, yeah. but the Bermuda is the thinner blades. And uh, when you t- when you when you tighten that up with the uh, with the real mower, it's it's like it a looks different. Green, yeah, it's, 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 you, you know, nice. People come out here and literally ask, "Is that astroturf out there?" uh it's not you know nope. and it's great our field drains you know we have yeah. we have pipe we have a drainage system in the outfield that when we dump tarp water hits the pipes takes it out um you know the other fields are conditioned well as far as dirt their skin but you know this this all the things that we're learning you got to have x amount of conditioner in there you got to have a texture to it and you know when the water hits it does it drain correctly um but we have not lost very many games Mm-mm. because of uh because of weather and it's been golden for for queens because you know we do have a tarp and they have thirty five to forty guys pulling a tarp. You know, that's like pulling a you know a baggie. But you put ten guys on that tarp. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a struggle. That that is uh that is a nightmare. So I want to bounce back. That all star game. Um, you know, feel free to nominate. Um you can go to the UDACF site and send us an email. Um, but we are, you know, we're gonna go get players not just from the uh from the Carolina from the North Carolina, Charlotte, Fort Mill, you know, along the border area. We're going, you know, we're going Going to the interior, we're going to bring pro- players in from, you know, from different parts yeah. of the state. Uh, there'll be major league scouts here. There'll be college recruiters here. And, uh, you know, we're excited about it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Day one will be a, a combine pro-style type workout. We're going to do a home run derby, <laughs> which will be fun. We should do the home run derby. On, <laughs> on the middle school? Oh, my <laughs> yeah, gosh. Man. We'd be out of baseball. Yeah, we've yeah, got enough balls be, for that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be a nightmare to, to, to do that. But um, just want to bounce back on our uh, – our last two guests that we've had on feedback has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Pat Fenson, um, you know, who is the, uh, basically the performance coach for uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. You know, he's dealt with more of the minor leaguers than he has with big league guys, but uh, it's been, been amazing. Uh, we have a player in our organization that, you know, that Dusty Wathin uh, who's third base coach for the Phillies turned Pat on to us. And then we, we, we hooked up the player and then a couple other players from our uh from our podcast who jumped out there and then um that was uh that was pat then last week we had mark kestra who was a high school uh alumni with me i mean we mm-hmm. graduated the same year in 78 he was a football player a tight end uh, from a long island championship team and uh, he's gone on to do some good things in hollywood mm-hmm. but he's also you know has athletics in mind the whole time and he has the uh, the, players the, NIL. Uh, the Players NIL, which is naming likeness and imaging, which is a big to do with college recruiters, uh, not college recruiters, but kids going into college right now with the ability to uh, to generate revenue off of their name, off of their likeness, off of their image, which has been something that's been debated for over 100 years in terms mm-hmm. of the athlete i mean you know everybody the universities used to make all the money off of the players right. and you know there's some sad stories out there about you know guys that are on scholarship and even though they're on scholarship they don't have enough money to feed themselves okay. you know mm-hmm. i mean these are these are big strong athletes mm-hmm. they need to eat all the time and so um you know that's uh the players nil.com you know you need to jump on that if you're a high school kid getting ready to head into college you need to get educated on that and he has a great program and. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for him and, uh, and where it's at. That's the wild, wild West though. There's no real, there's nobody regulating the whole industry yet. You know, it's pretty, it's, 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 it's wide open. So yeah. it, it'll be interesting. So somebody has got to jump out ahead and hopefully it's Mark and, and, um, we get that, but I do want to go, we'll go to our our guest Now. This is a, this is a special friend. Um, like I said, it's uh we've known each other, uh, since we played together in, in Vancouver. And, uh, uh, I love him. You know, he's he's a gamer. He's old school. He's now uh, he he scouted for a bunch of years after he got done playing, then he jumped out and he was he was running all over the country doing his public speaking and and promoting uh, and presenting uh, his quality at bats, which uh, he's dealt with big leaguers, minor leaguers, you know, ten year olds, eleven year olds. I mean, he's got a tremendous following. I remember when he first started to catch fire, we went out to uh, the uh, the ABCA. And I forget I th- we might've been in Nashville, I think. And, um, you know, you're sitting down having, you know, having beers with spring or whatever mm-hmm. and having something to eat and people are coming up to him. Like he's, you know, like he's a hall of famer, which I tell you he should have been. Um, uh, but, uh, so I want to bring in, uh, my good buddy, uh, my good buddy, Steve Springer out in California, sitting in his car outside of therapy. He has bad knees. He fell down, <laughs> fell down the stairs in my house. He claims it's my stairs. I claim it. Wine he drank that, night, but, uh, you know, he didn't. He didn't. He never sued me. So thank God. So, uh, but Spring, it's good seeing you, man, and uh, appreciate you jumping on with us. So, got a couple things that we want. We want to tap into. You know, obviously, you know, you and I've been in this game a long time. We're both. Uh, we're both in our sixties now. We started playing when we were in our early twenties. Um, spring spent uh, fourteen years in the minor leagues with big league time in between there as well. Uh, Eleven of them, believe it or not, in AAA. That's, uh, that's gotta be, that's gotta be close to a record spring. Did you ever look at that and see anybody else that spent that much time in AAA?
0: Well, I don't know, but I, I think there might've been a couple guys, but. You know, yeah. it, it, it is, what it is Man, I feel blessed to say I got two hits in each league and, you know, yep. you, when Jeff yeah. Jaffer wants you on his show, bro, you get on his show.
1: So, to, <laughs> that's right. so yeah. So uh, spring, you got to tell me we were, we were in Vancouver and, uh, you know, listen. You know the quality of bats thing. He lived it. There's no doubt about it. Was Tommy McCraw, um, yeah. was his his hitting coach when he was with the Mets. He was drafted by the Mets and spent most of his career in that organization. And um, we had we used to have like little cassette tape players, not even not even DVDs or CDs or anything like that. And he had a little aluminum headset with the foam ears on it and he would you know he he spent time with tommy and they talked about his approach and his hitting and spring at that time was smart enough to to tape it and um, you know he lived it and he modified off of it and it was so it's not something you see these guys coming out there that you know i I call them like social media gurus you know they go ahead and they look at everybody else's video and then they create their own little thing and they try to they try to market it you know spring grinded this out and was was passing that message long before it took off and and started to provide uh uh, his wife's scholarship, which he claims that Terry's on all the time. So he's got to do a lot of different things. But um, so I want, I want to jump out. Huh? It's
0: a D3 scholarship. You know, that's what she tells a, me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see leather seats in that car. So somebody's getting scholarship. well. Um,
0: yeah, it's not like he's at Stanford, but it is a scholarship. Trust
1: me. Well, listen, you know, you, you, you choose to play on the field you want to play on. And if you're going to pay for it, I'll figure out, you know, what reality is and, and make sure that uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm living comfortably in it. Um, but, Spring, before we get into, uh, you know, jumping around with, with, with quality at bats and stuff like that, you're back in the scouting world uh, with Oakland. Um, very close with Billy Bean, who's had a tremendous amount of respect. You guys were teammates in the uh, Mets organization years ago, and this is Billy Bean. That's the GM for the for the Oakland A's,
0: Moneyball,
1: uh, Moneyball guy. And thanks, Spring. Spring helped uh, secure the jersey that Billy signed uh, for us uh, at our at our home plate gala this year, which generated uh, a nice little chunk of change for our yeah. for our nonprofit organization. But you know, Spring, obviously, you know when you and I were coming through, you're, you're – your story, as far as how you were recruited, how you were scouted, is pretty interesting because you were uh, a, a player that was not getting very much attention. But then you walk into Utah and you play against guys like Wally Joyner and everybody's there to see all these big dogs. And then once you finish the story there, spring, and tell them how you know uh, how you got your look, because this is a great thing. I, we tell players all the time: you never know who's watching. I don't care what level you're at or what you're doing, you know. And I know that spring, and I know his confidence. You know, he always believed that he was a good player, but you know, sometimes, you know, the guys that deserve opportunities don't get opportunities, you know, and the guys that, that, you know, that are getting opportunities really don't deserve it because they don't have the approach to the game or, or, or built for the next level. But spring, tell us the story about going into Utah and then, uh, you know, the draft because spring had a brother that was pretty good too. Again.
0: So uh, Everybody's got a story, bro. And I love my story and it's the same story every time I speak. It's you know, I was 4'11", 90 pounds when I went into high school. I was the smallest kid in school. I made the team because my brother was a star of the team. I got three at-bats, never played. By the time I was a senior, I was 5'8", uh, 140 pounds. And, you know, I grew nine inches in high school. I went from tiny to small. And But I'm going to show I could play. I got nobody ahead of me. And I had a sophomore take my job. I did not start my senior in high school uh, where I'm from. I got 50 colleges within 50 miles of me. And... Uh, didn't get one phone call. My brother's at Golden West Junior College. I'm thinking the coach knows I'm coming there. He didn't have to call me because <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> and I went out for the team and I got cut, you know, which is baffling how bad the coach thought I sucked. You know, I mean, I'm, my brother's the best player on the team. I get cut. So I got a job at Disneyland working on the canoes. And uh, about three days later, my brother came home with the uniform, which three guys quit. I was 19 years old, freshman in college. I got three at bats the whole year. And I played in the big leagues. So any kids out there that are listening, bro, I promise you, when you get your man body, you're going to be able to shrink two inches. Because it's not about being tall. It's about being a baseball player. It's about having instincts. It's about having body strength. You know, working on those canoes for two years, bro, I got body strength. Uh, well, and in saying, you know, what I just said, I mean, I grew four inches when I was 20. And now I'm six foot 170 pounds, and I got this new body, and I was always a really good player. I just didn't grow an inch from the time I was 12 to 15. And so now I'm getting recruited by all these colleges, and I got a full ride to UCLA, uh, greatest five days of my life, until he looked at my transcripts, and you know, I was a dumbass. And he's like, really, buddy, you took badminton? <laughs> uh, don't get me wrong, I could play some badminton. And uh, I couldn't get in, so I ended up going to the University of Utah and full ride. And, and this is the best thing about baseball shit, because when you're in travel ball, high school, college, lucky enough to play pro baseball, you're evaluated by somebody every single day. And we had 50 scouts in the stands to see Rick Aguilera, Wally, and Corey Snyder. And I went five for five with a bomb, two doubles, and five RBIs. And I get drafted on one day. And the most amazing thing about it, you'll know this yet, Chafe, is on Sunday, I had a dad flying me to Utah to speak to uh, a high school. And, you know, I hit with this kid, and then I spoke that night in front of 50 kids and their parents and everything was great you know you, you know you know me bro i'm millie vanilla i'm a one-hit wonder same speech every time they loved it and dude i wake up the next morning and wally joiner calls me he says bro my grandson was at your speech the other night with my with my daughter and they said it was phenomenal which is amazing how it went full circle he helped me get drafted and now i'm helping his grandson grab a grasp a mental game so that was pretty cool
1: you know, yeah, baseball is a small yeah. world, man, and you keep uh, we keep circling back to players. It's a great it's a, it's a great fraternity. But I do I do want to go more into the quality at bats a little bit uh, further into the uh, into the show here. But what I want to talk more about today is um, the scouting world. Um, you know, it, it seems like that has been a casualty uh, in the game of baseball. We all know how the importance of scouts because without that one scout there that with the Mets that liked you that day. You know, I mean, there could have been 10 guys in there that didn't like you, Um, but, you know, they've 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 minimized the uh, the number of scouts that are out there and they've gone to a lot of video type stuff. But, you know, when you get baseball people out there evaluating players, you know, especially old school guys that come from. Uh, a part of the game where it was not so much showcasing. You're not just, you know, you're going to an event and you're watching a kid throw four balls from right field, you know, two to third, two to home, taking five ground balls, and then you got to go ahead and make a decision on this kid's life right there. You know, we had, it was, it was, it was was, you know, especially when I got to Maryland, I mean, we had a guy by the name of Dick Bowie that signed me, and I'll never forget, you know, Dick Bowie forever because he changed my life. But he would show up every day for batting practice in infield. He wasn't just showing up for these combines. I mean, he was watching how I handled myself in between innings, you know, how I handled myself during infield. Was I working? Was I jerking around? You know, and uh, again, I was like spring. I was not a big kid at all, you know, but, you know, these guys lock in and these guys that have the artist's eye for the game, Right. We talk about people that can go into an art gallery and say, that's a beautiful painting. And that's, you know, I go into an art gallery and I tell Amanda, I can paint that. And it's a Picasso. Like, give me some give me some paint, you know, whatever. Right. But, you know, there's people in there that obviously understand art. It's the same thing with baseball. There are good evaluators in the game. There are good people that that, you know, that that see into the player and, and see things even on the player's worst day. They see good baseball players. So, but that's, you know, that's, that's how we grew up. You know, I mean, we were always in awe of scouts showing up, you know, holy cow, here's, you know, scout from this guy or that guy. And, you know, the same thing for you. People came to see Neil Heaton when I was a player in high school, not Jeff Schaefer or anybody else on the field. Neil Heaton was a dude and spent 10 years in the big leagues. Um, But, you know, we're always happy for him, but it was always, you know, you never know, man, I could be the day. He may like me, he may whatever. How, how, Spring, do you think, how much has the scouting industry changed, um, you know, in terms of the way that kids are evaluated now, the the, the type of environments that you see them in? Um, and now, you know, with with minimizing, minimizing the minor league affiliations in terms of teams and then trying to shrink the number down of players in an organization uh, and the money, obviously, I don't know that guys are going to spend 14 years in the minor league. One way or another with, you know, with cups of coffee up and down, I think it's going to be a, you know, a quick turn. Either you produce and you're out. So take it from there, man. I rambled.
0: Well, I, I mean, scouting, I think, is different, shape. I mean, you know, a lot of old scouts are out of jobs right now that did it, touched it, felt it. I think, you know, do I believe that you have to play to be a good scout? No. Uh, but you better have good ears and you better have a, a, an instinct to, you know, know what it looks like. You know, I want to be a scout. I don't want to be a reporter, you know, and I think that a lot of these young guys that, you know, you know, are just analytics only, they're reporters. And, and I want to be a scout. I don't, I don't want to ever take the gut out of what I see, you know, because, you know, I, I believe that I have a gut. I know when somebody's a good guy, bad guy, or, or knows what he's talking about or doesn't know what he's talking about. It's a gut feel. And it seems like scouting's taking away the gut, and we're so showcase-oriented right now and it it's not about playing the game it's not about creating instincts with these kids it's about you know seeing if they how hard they could throw uh what's their exit velocity what's their angles you know yeah i mean for me i I, i'm sure analytics is is important but for me it's not in the one hole and it's certainly not in the one hole two hole and three hole like i believe some some of them have it and and it was all about analytics and why isn't every team great because they all got the same information it still comes down to coaching and scouting and getting that player to show up the right player, what I feel I teach and other mental coaches teach, what you taught. Uh, but I just feel that, you know, don't, you know, when you talk to college coaches, what's the, the number one thing that they realize when they just sign some guy that has tools is that they don't know how to play the game. And right. we got to learn how to play the game, man. We got it. We it's, you know, when I was scouting with the Diamondbacks, I was a national guy and I'd see the top three rounders, but I had to vote on all 50 rounds. And I promise you every single player that was talked about, I said, how are this guy's instincts? And if he fudge this much without saying good, I had a hard time voting for the game. It's hard enough playing in the big leagues with instincts. If you don't have them, bro, <laughs> stop dreaming about playing in the big leagues. If you can't play well, defense, stop dreaming about playing in the big leagues. Uh, because <clears throat> when you're a good defender, what's that do? It, it gives your bat extra opportunities to catch up. Do you think you're a big leaguer, Shafe, if you weren't a plus defender?
1: Not a chance. Not, no, a shot. not a chance not a shot
0: no no and this is why every other time you want to go hit and get a good exit velocity off your t-flips go work yeah. on your defense go get a new body go get some body strength get in the weight room you know if i don't lift if i don't work on the canoes for two years there's no way i'd play in the big leagues because it's you know, a, it's, there it's,
1: it's a, a, it's a, a huge <laughs> piece of our conversation it's a huge piece of our conversation with a lot of kids about you know it's just not about you know, like you said, everybody wants to go get batting lessons. There's a million hitting coaches across the, you know, I mean, go on, go on social media and you'll see everybody that thinks they're a, you know, a genius or they're trying to reinvent the, uh, the way they hit. Um, and these are things that I've told Dylan, these are things that you and I had to go through, you know, as players, because, you know, you get into that environment and all of a sudden you look at yourself going, yeah, I was pretty good at this level. I could do whatever. And then all of a sudden you're standing there next to men, you know, the guys that are bigger and stronger and faster and the ball, you know, different things are happening, but, um, you know, so you have to, you know, projectability on these guys obviously comes through conversation with them as well. You know, what's their mentality? Are you prepared? Are you willing to put in the effort to get bigger and stronger and faster? Because, I mean, we see it out here at the, at the D2 level in the South. I mean, these are big men. These are big boys. And then you go watch, you know, uh, a major league game now, and the second baseman is, you know, he's 6'2", you know, 195 to 205. It's amazing. Um, So it, it's critical in terms of, you know, your game is not just you know the tools of the game. I mean, it's it, it, everything's a tool, right? Your physical is a tool, no doubt about it. But I'm telling, in terms of what, what's graded on the five tools,
0: well, having, having a good having a good swing and being able to hit are two different things. You know, yeah. we we have so many swing coaches out there, and that's great. You need a good swing, I guess, but bro, you better learn how to hit. You better learn approach. You better learn how to hunt speeds. You know, I'm a huge believer in sitting on speeds, man. I, I think it's way it's is it easier to hit one pitch when you know it's coming or three and you don't? And if you're trying to hit the fastball curveball side of change of oh oh, bro, you're 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 two strike hitting the whole at bat. I'm not trying at ninety four and seventy nine at the same time. It's hard to do. Clint Hurdle said it on the MLB channel I was listening, and he was so right. It's really, really hard at ninety four and seventy nine at the same time. Well, why would I want to until I get two strikes? So there's just so much more than then uh, showcasing your tools. If you can't play the game, if you, if you can't play both sides of the ball, you know, who I, I know who I, I could tell right away if you're a good baseball player, if you're a good base runner, right? If you can run the bases, bro, you're usually a pretty good base runner because you have instincts. And it's like I said, man, I mean, if you don't have instincts, stop dreaming about playing the big leagues. And when I go speak, I talk about, you know, you tell me you want to be a big leaguer. The next time you watch a major league baseball game, stop watching it like you're a fan watch it like you're going to get in that bat start thinking with the pitcher see what you, you know what do you think he's going to throw here and yeah now all of a sudden we're creating those instincts to play the game and and getting great at playing every day like it's opening day and I don't give a crap about me and you know I, I always go back to you know I can't talk hitting shape without going straight to the mental side and and straight mm-hmm. to the compete you know and, and you know when you scout it you know how do you how do you scout it well, I could scout it. I mean, I because I got a database of 14 years in the minor leagues, and oh, this guy reminds me of shape. Oh, this guy reminds me of, of Keith Miller or whoever. I, you know, mm-hmm. and when you get that database and you start thinking about, you know, what's right, what's wrong. Sometimes I learn from what not to do, not just what to do, what not to do. I was like, oh, going to do that. You know, so it's just, so you know,
1: so you know, what you want to talk talk about a little bit about you know the approach. It's 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 tough to get a kid, a kid, a young kid, an immature kid, you know, he may be a high school, he may physically look like a man, whatever, but the mind does not, is to is to take an approach and to sit on off speed. You know what I mean? I mean, you got if you're watching the pattern of the pitchers, and this is something that Edgar Martinez was phenomenal at and was fortunate to play three years with Edgar, you know, as he watched every single hitter that went to the plate before him and then he watched every single hitter that went to the plate after him. And then he would he would accumulate his data and say, okay, in these scenarios, you know, you're gonna get this type of pitch, and you ha- and Edgar was the best at sitting on those things and and uh, and, and going for it. But it is difficult to get a kid to go because you know we did it growing up, man. You're like, okay, I'm gonna look for a curveball, and the one time you look for a curveball, the guy throws a freaking cherry down the dish, you know, fastball, and you take it, and you're like mad at yourself now, and you stay off of yeah. the uh, the approach of off speed again. Um, So it's, you know, it it is a difficult process and it comes with maturity though. Also, and it comes with a lot of ABs along the way where you have to, you know, that's the difference between pro ball and college and all these other things is you don't get as many at bats as we got in a season that we could go ahead and we could, you know, we could sit for, you know, on certain things and do certain things for a period of time and start to trust the fact that now we have the information. Now we have the ability to do this. Just got to buy into it. That's the toughest part anything it, 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 buying into it is you know in an immature mind is 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 not easy but you know what information like spring gives us um to every level i mean it's it's like anything else if you tell your kid to clean his room long enough eventually he's going to clean his room you know um it's, it's you have to you, have, you know you have to, keep, you have to keep educating these guys go ahead spring
0: well it, it's i always want kids to sit, sit on the fastball until it's time not to you know, you tell me, you smoke a ball, you're first at bat for a bomb or a double. Let's say you're in high school and above, and you, you're up next to that bat with Orange on second, third. you think two out of three will fastball are off speed? It's going to be off speed. So why am I sitting fastball? You're looking for something you're not going to get. And my analogy is, how can we hit the breaking ball machine in the cage and it turns invisible during the game? Because we know it's coming in the cage. And this is why you watch the game you watch the pitcher. And, and you sit on something you're going to get not what you want to hit. I always wanted to hit a middle line fastball. I get runners in scoring position. I, I I would only see it when it was under my chin, you know, because they knew that, you know, the breaking ball would give me problems. And once I started sitting on off speed and, and, and trust me, like I said, I'm always, I went 6,000 at bats hunting that fastball until it's time not to. And I, I, I truly believe that, you know, how do you hit a breaking ball? You you look for it. You zone up you load late. I knew the plate was right in front of me. In my mind, I bring back by the catcher. I'm timing 78 not 98 and you know, if he throws me a fastball big deal it's one pitch we all know umpires suck you might call it a ball you know yeah that's just that's another story i mean and i don't mean to come off with shoulder now because i got kicked out of a 12-year-old all-star game <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude i shape I, I say can you try not to be a factor in the game please and he kicked me out <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, well, what do you, what do you think about all the, you know, we're talking about swings, right? And uh, first let me, let me bounce back to the instinct part because I, I, you know, we developed instincts playing against each other in the street growing up. You competed against your brother your whole life, right? So you developed instincts on, you know, the things that you could do that were going to help you be successful against somebody that was a a better player than, than you, you know, the two things that we, that we don't see, and that we that I used to see, you know, or I knew that we did growing up was we had instincts and we understood how to play the game. You know, we knew where to be on the field. We knew the, we knew situations like you don't see guys understanding situations now. You know, you know where are we? How many outs are there? Are you in scoring position? Are you going to go from first to third? Are you going to make the third to first out at third? You know, you know, are you looking for a for a dirt ball or a pass ball? There's anticipation and instincts. So you know you, you're getting guys into pro ball now that still don't have these things and you're educating them on how to play the game at the pro ball level. It's football.
0: Dude, one of my biggest pet peeves or my biggest thing that drives me nuts, I'm in a tight game, one-nothing game, and I got everybody on one side of the field, and the guy does not try and hit a missile to the right side if he's right-handed. If you'd shift on me, and we would hit 600. Yeah. you know, I just don't get it. Like we Somewhere along the line, we've lost track of what it's all about, and what it's all about is winning the game. It's not about yeah. me getting three hits today right the more and more i teach the more and more i realize the only stat that i want coaches to care about is how many games in a row did your players compete with confidence and have fun and it doesn't mean you win every game it doesn't mean you get three hits every game It means the right guy's playing in every single game because that you know we i, I i've always said we all got two players and i got confident Shafe was a good player and i got non-confident Shafe who sucked well guess what he didn't play very often and he can't play how do we get the right guy playing is what we need to teach and, and, you know, I'm playing a game. I do everything right and go 0 for 4. I do nothing right and go 0 for 4. And I'm supposed to compete with confidence. How do you do it? I know how you do it. You, you, you play every day like it's opening day, and I don't give a crap mode about me. It's not about you. It's about you helping your team. Those are two completely different players. And we get that guy playing and just, I don't know, man. I, I've been doing this a long time, and I've talked to some great coaches. And, and, and when, when you truly buy in to get 25 confident players showing up, like it's opening day, and I don't give a crap, my bro. I'm telling you, you're gonna have a good year. You're not gonna lose games because uh, you you got the wrong guy playing. I mean, everybody thinks they got a 25-man roster. Trust me, most teams have a 50-man roster because everybody's got two players. And how do you get 25 confident players showing up? I believe that's the coach's job. And, and how do we how do we create a good culture? I believe that the coaches create a culture, and the, I think the players create the chemistry. And you remember the team we had in '89, dude? And we win it all, and everybody had fun, and we were all competing to win the game.
1: Yeah. So culture, you know, it, it's funny you say that. You know, culture is critical, and you see a lot of the a lot of these guys now that the pressure you, for years was not on college baseball coaches because usually, if you got a college baseball coaching job, you know, you were there for forever. You weren't you weren't building coaches. Now they're paying these guys more. Um, you know, they, they're, you know, TV streaming, all this stuff, they're expected to win. People are bouncing around and there's pressures on these guys. And some of them, you know, don't have the experiences. And I don't say this in a negative way because we would spring our best, you know, fortunate. We both played 14 years. Um, you know, we both had time in the big leagues, you know, so we have experiences to draw on. And we know we've played with, we've played with some, some guys that would just, they would crush the spirit of the team. And it was almost not fun to come out to play you know and it was constant it was like you know you had you had no room for error and this is a game of failure right this is this is this is a tough game this will destroy your self-esteem as fast as anybody else so you know and and as players we knew when we screwed up you know what i mean especially at at a professional level we knew when we weren't producing or doing whatever and then you walk in the dugout and you got somebody guy that wants to jump in your ass and tell you you know you know, you need to be doing this or that sucked, whatever. Then this is a guy that probably didn't play at the levels that, you know, that we played at. So culture is critical. We're watching. I'm seeing that here. And I, and I don't say this in, in a negative way. You know, we had, we had Jack McDowell uh, that started the program out here. that did great things for Queens university and, and everything that we have out here. Jack was built to manage a game. You know, he was a pro guy and, you know, give me, give me uh, players that I could produce. And if they don't produce, I don't have time to develop them. Send me somebody else, you know, send them down, bring somebody else up. And now we're watching Ross Steedley out here with Queens that has has turned this program around and made him a force inside the sack. Um, But he's preparing and he's developing culture And and he's built a good culture. And you know what? When Ross gets going, like coaches at spring and I have had, um, you know, when he's going to get on you, he's going to get on you. But also, he's going to put his arm around you, you know, when, when you need it. And spring will tell you, I mean, you know, the, how many times, Spring in your career, did you doubt your abilities?
0: Buddy, I, I like my abilities. And if your abilities yeah. aren't coming out, it's not your abilities problem is what you're thinking. And right. when you start talking about coaching, I shot out a tweet the other day. If your kids are playing with tension, anxiety, and pressure, you better make sure they're not feeding off of you. You want your yeah. kids playing with confidence, toughness, focus, having some fun. And the number one thing that you better get your players to have is toughness because it's like you said I, I do everything right go for do nothing right go for and i'm supposed to compete with confidence i mean you better be tough and and i, I truly believe that you know when when you start uh coaching uh, it, it, i heard ken revisa say it for the first time players need to know that you care before they care what you know and i'm i never heard that before so i type it down on my phone so i wouldn't forget it right and and it's like, it's so true. And it's as a person, not a player. I need to know that you like me as a person and I'll compete my butt off of you, bro. But if, but if I don't get two hits and you walk right through me, yeah. forget you, bro. I forget you. I'm not on that. I, yeah. I do. we we got to build these kids up. It's like you said, the game's going to beat you up enough. I don't need my coach, my teammate, my parent to beat me up. The game's going to do it by itself. I need to be built up. You know, here's how you coach. You build them up, you break them down, and coach them, and then you build them back up again. That's how you coach. If you go at a kid with a negative from day one, every single time, bro, he, trust me, you have no. This guy's backing off. But if I knew that you like me, bro. You on me? But I don't know. Conf- confidence
1: doing. can. Make, confidence can make an average player a good player. Yep. And lack of confidence for a very good player can make him just a good player or below that. You know, it's we're listen. Our mind, about- and Spring, our mind, our mind is. Our, we, you know, I think. And Spring will tell you as well as I do because we, you know, we played together a period of time, and we always self evaluated each other. We we were confident in talking to each other about what our abilities were, and, um, you know, if if Spring and I, and other guys that we played with, Richie is another one, right? I mean, if 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 we weren't mentally tough or mentally prepared for the the good and the bad, and knew how to deal with it we would have been spit out of that game because our abilities weren't that we were going to go into the big leagues and take over and be, you know, that guy, you know, we weren't going to start. We were the guy that we came to the park every single day in our role. um, And we were starters in in the minor leagues, but you know, you get to the big leagues, you're not that, you're not that everyday guy, but you got to come to the park every day with the mindset that, okay, I'm getting in, I'm prepared, I'm ready. And when you get in the game that you can handle, uh, handle it mentally, I don't, I don't see very much of that in a lot of players today they're not they may they may look the part they're like i said bigger stronger faster, whatever but not mentally tough and a lot of these guys that we find at the college levels and things like that they were big fish in small ponds and now they get around guys that are just as good or better and i tell these guys all the time i've used it i don't know where i heard it spring is i probably stole it from somebody along the way but you know, they. You know, I'd say, you are looking at dugout over there, especially when we're in the professional level or the higher levels of college baseball, you look in that dugout over there, everybody in that dugout and everybody in this dugout can do the same things physically. You're going to beat them mentally at this point. You know, it comes to that pinnacle.
0: for me, it's all about the mental side. I mean, when Tony LaCava hired me to be a uh, mental coach with the Blue Jays, he said, Spring, if you help one guy, you're worth your money. I said, Tony, if I don't help 100, fire me. Because I'm not yeah. teaching. Get you your hands here. Get your feet here. I'm teaching. I'm teaching you how to compete with confidence when you're not getting hits. And he's like, Oh, you go to Triple A if you want to. Go to Double A once. Get your butt down there with the sixteen, seventeen, eight year old kids and teach them how to compete with confidence when they're not getting hits. Teach them how to compete with confidence when when things aren't going right. And because okay. when everything goes right, we're all great. But how do you handle that one for twenty? Because if you don't go one for 20 10 times, you didn't play long enough. That's a four or five game series in pro baseball. And yeah. I do everything right and go for four. Do nothing right and go for four. Buddy, this is a different game. Nobody knows how a guy's going to handle five at bats a day every day, whether you want them or not. And that's what pro baseball is. And you know, we think high school is our. You know, I mean, I mean, I, I talk to parents every day. I talk to players every day. And too many parents and too many kids, they have their career in a microwave instead of an oven. And and we, if we think it's all about right now, and I'm a junior in high school, bro, you do not get it yet. It's like your son Dylan, good player, good prospect. Put him in an oven, buddy. Uh, we, we this is about. He still has another five years: two in yep. high school, three in college before a good, hopefully a good draft. And now all of a sudden, he still has another 15 years. But we think it's all about right now. And you know, we we, we when I was at the Blue Jays, we popped that kid, gave him a million bucks, and he never popped a One for 20, and he walks back to them in the dugout like somebody stole his dog. And I look at our coaches. I said, "We better hope that's immaturity and not makeup, because you know, like you said. I mean, we're playing a game, man. It's a tough game.
1: There's, uh, you know, we've used the term growing up, you know, gamer. And I would say that, you know, spring. I mean, when you took the field, and it just, it it, for me now, I, I just I remember taking the field with nine other gamers. You know, you didn't survive in that environment back then. It was a different. It was a different mentality. It wasn't like everybody played with everybody in the summer and everybody's kumbaya. And you know, we didn't fraternize. You know, I mean, we might have ran into these guys on the other team in the bar at night after the games or whatever. But you know, you didn't fraternize. And when you took the field, it was it was dog eat dog. I mean, it was you know, listen. Not only were we competing with the teams on the uh, the guys on the other side to go to the big leagues, we were competing against each other on our own team to go to the big league. So if you're not tough in that environment, you know, he was mentally tough. You know, I felt like I had that, you know, listen, I, I tried I tried to mind mess with everybody I possibly could. I tried to mind mess with Omar Vizquel when he came up to the big leagues. <laughs> you know, I told him, the only reason you're starting over me is because you're younger. He got 11 gold gloves and I'm here, you know, <laughs> sitting in a studio in North Carolina working every day still, but. Fortunately know, with us, gonna yeah, especially with you guys, you know, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a bonus but it's uh, it it is critical it is it is so important that you know the kids develop their mental approach to this game as well as they do their skill set right now and the younger that you can do that the quicker success you'll have and the better opportunities you'll get instead of like spring saying i mean you know you get into these environments you you are going to hit a slump there's no doubt about it you get 6 600 at bats in a year you know it's not going to be a golden 600 i mean if you hit 350 you know somewhere in there you weren't you weren't you know, yep. you weren't yourself, it's and uh, not to go to and how do you compete? And how do you grind? And how do you, yeah? And, and it, it's amazing how it, it, it it's coming around now. Like you and, and and Ken and some of these other guys that that you know jumped out in the forefront and was uh, helping educate these guys, but people didn't like to hear, you know, when you said mental, you know, or you know, you got to fix your head or you got to be a better player.
0: Yeah. Well, and this is why I, I truly believe that, that parents need to know what we know because the parents, the kids, number one coach, I don't care what you do for a living, bro. Like If I need a plumber, I ain't calling Mark Trumbo. I'm calling a plumber. Well, if my kid wants to be a big or in college. That parent needs to know what we know so they could have a normal conversation so they could think big picture, you know, and that, that Vanderbilt's not panicking when your 12 year old has a bad weekend in a tournament. You know, we think it's the end of the world. I'm like, you know, he's a hundred pounds away from his man body. So we gotta, we gotta keep things in perspective and this is why, like if you said you could go talk to you know 112 year olds or 112 year old parents, it's not even close. Give me those parents. You know, mm-hmm. I remember one time I had a speaking engagement and and the guy's like, Oh, we're gonna have 60 guys there. And I go, Oh, great. Did you collect the money And He's like, No. Uh, I, I I showed up shape and I spoke to seven seven year olds and their parents <laughs> and I nailed it. I nailed yeah. it because I was talking I was talking straight to the dads. And they loved yeah. it because they yeah. need to know. And Usually after I speak, I'll get a parent come up to me in tears and say, that was great. Now I need to go apologize to my kid because too many kids quit the game at 13 years old because of the pressure that's put on them by the one who loves them the most, us parents, and Johnny Testosterone Coach whack job yelling at my 10-year-old to win the Burger King championship. And all of a sudden, the kid's like, I don't even want to play anymore. And the parent's like, what happened? I'm like, I know what happened. You're a freaking whack job. That's what happened.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it, we, we see it every weekend um, out here obviously we have the facility we got you know we' teams and it's it's just you know it, it is it is unfortunate but uh, spring I know you got to jump into the uh, into the doctor it's 12:45 out of time which means you got a 10 o'clock appointment out there or something along those lines but uh, I appreciate you man so everybody can can reach out to you you can come speak to them uh, to their organizations you've traveled all over the country you're available it's qualityatbats.com um yeah, you know right. if you want if you want a serious education in this game and you want to do your kid right you know spend the money because it's it's not it's not uh it's not money thrown away it's definitely um it's definitely an investment and uh spring you've done a great job with it i appreciate the friendship um, you know, for all these years, I appreciate uh, the time when I was on deck and I asked Springer what they were going to throw me. He's like, dude, <laughs> dude, I'm not going to waste I anything should... that spins on you. <laughs> They're going to throw you all fastballs.
0: Let's sit on a fastball. Who do you think you are, me?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who do you think it's me? So, well, Springer, love you, man. Appreciate you. And uh, we'll catch up real soon. All right, bro. Love you, too. See you, guys. All right. Peace out. Thank you. See you. So yeah, golden, golden stuff there. I mean, he's been doing it for, I don't, I mean, he grinded it out for so many years and, you know, just, and he's a self promoter. He, yep. he hustles, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like, uh, you know, it's just, you know, a marquee ticket, you know, that mm-hmm. you can go to a concert or something like that. I mean, he's, he'll call and find around, but if you have an organization that, you know, you want to provide your kids with something legit, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and a, a viable usable tool almost immediately, uh, the younger you do it, the better off you're gonna be. Mm-hmm. you know, if these kids can start thinking the right way on the baseball field instead of just playing a certain way, you know, yeah. just roll it out and you know what happens happens, it's not it's it's tremendous uh tremendous tool. I mean it's I think that was my probably I know with spring and then and probably with you know, I know for myself, you know, my greatest tool, you know, I had the abilities to play in the big leagues. I had the tools to do that, but my greatest tool was my mind because for me, my role in the big leagues was a utility guy. So I was basically thrown in the fire, especially in Seattle when I had Edgar Martinez playing third base. And, you know, Edgar wasn't a good defender. He couldn't run and really didn't throw very well. Obviously a Hall of Fame hitter. But, you know, I'm going in seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. I better be mentally prepared, you know, because if I make a mistake, in a short window because my games were only basically those innings where, well, you know, I started every now and then, but, you know, I had, I had to shore up the the defense and I had to make sure that I was doing all the right things in that process. And that's like, you know, if you let that eat you up or you're not mentally prepared for it, you know, it's, yeah. it's going to spit you out pretty quick. Um, yeah. I mean, going back to him, it's like when, when you get involved with that stuff early, that stuff's going to last your whole career. Yeah, you know I mean, you're always going to have that mindset of being prepared and, you know, it's going to keep you in the game longer, keeps in the game longer. And listen, you know, you, you gotta be mentally tough in anything that you do, you know, business-wise and things like that. You gotta be able to, you know, the, the beauty of baseball is, you know, it, it, it sucks because it could beat you down because there's a lot of failure, but that's also the beauty of it. You learn to deal with, you know, you learn to deal oh, with God, failure. You learn to do, I mean, like spring will tell you, you know, you can go 0 for four, and look like garbage and come up in your fifth at bat in that nine inning game. And, you know, you get the game winning hit, yep. you know? So, you know, but you got to be prepared for that fifth at bat, not like, Oh God, I'm I, you know, I stink tonight and I'm 0 for four and haven't done whatever, you know, you gotta be able you gotta be able to, you know, reboot your head and, and get into, get into the situation. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's powerful stuff. The mind's amazing. You know, we talk about it when we're hitting, you know, yep. it's, just. uh, You know how you know, even on the physical side. You know, if if you're flying out, your brain tells you the ball's going over there, so you reach out and you roll over and you do certain things. You know, so there's a there's a discipline, there's a discipline to being you know in the right place on a cutoff and not just floating somewhere. Um, Understanding when you got to run a double cut, understanding the situation. You know, like do I you know do I take the extra base right now and put my team in jeopardy, or do I sit back and stay at second instead of going to third? I'm still in scoring position. There's you know so many parts of the game that are thought through, and that's that's the. Amazing part about this game. You know how many scenarios there are in a nine-inning baseball game? This is a great number. Andrew's heard this before.
2: What you guess, Jared? What would
1: your guess be? Different scenarios that could take place in a nine-inning baseball game. It's got to be way up there. That's a crazy number. Put a guess. Come on, Queens.
2: Say 900.
1: 900. <laughs> Try 12 million. <laughs> Try 12 million different things that can happen. That's insane. That, that number blows me away. Yeah. It blows me away. 12 million. Yeah. Wow. You know, it could be anything from a ball, you know, wine line drive that hits a rubber. What's the ruling on that? Uh, I mean. And Jeff's just figured out all 12 million. He stood up for for four months straight. Oh yeah. I I got the whole thing. I wrote, (laughs) you know, I I listed them all out for somebody one day. Did it over lunch. That's how good (laughs) I am. Um, You know, but it, it, the, the mental, the mental approach. And I've seen, I've seen the difference in my household with Dylan, you know, and, and it's, and it's, You know, some guys have it, you know, some guys are raised a certain way that they've developed it. You know, I think that's where all mine came from. You know, then you have, you know, situations like, you know, with my son Dylan is that, you know, he's he's raised in a different environment. Not as he doesn't have to go out and fight every day. He doesn't have to go compete in the street. He doesn't have to do all these other things. You know, he's he's got a good life. So they don't have this this, this toughness. Now he's a competitor and he'll tear your head off, you know but you harness it and prepare for all the details of the game. I mean, everything is one pitch, right? You got to be mentally there for every single pitch. So I think one of the greatest compliments I ever got as a player, uh, was from a guy that I played with for three years in, in the big, the Manny Sinatra. And he said, the three years that I've played with you, I've never seen you take a playoff mentally, but I knew, you know, physically I was good enough to be there, but physically I wasn't the greatest player on the, you know, so mentally I better be as good mm. as anybody else out there. Um, but uh, what else, Andrew? We got anything else going on? That uh,
2: uh well, we got USA Eleven U tournament this weekend at the Tuck.
1: Yep, we had one uh, last weekend.
2: Had one last weekend. I, I didn't realize that was one,
1: um, uh, Landon Powell's sons' yeah. team. I yeah. didn't realize that Holden was here and Allie was here. Yeah, I mean, Allie it...
2: came up to me on uh, yeah. on Sunday. I didn't even recognize her because yeah. I mean, she's all baseballed out and stuff. Yeah. So no, but I mean, they, they ended up winning. That team ended up winning it. So
1: he's a good little player. Yeah, I heard they had some 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 decent players yeah. on that team. Yeah, right? yeah they did. Yeah, so do. we had we had teams come in from Boston and Mississippi,
2: Boston, Mississippi, and the Carolinas. And last the Carolinas. Weekend. Last this week, weekend's so. primarily just Carolinas. So. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it was uh it was it was fun. I mean those kids that came down from Boston they were as white as that jersey up there. <laughs> Tasty <that laughs> yep. white man. They needed some sun. <laughs> yeah. You know? um, but they had some decent players. Yeah, they you know did. That, Boston you know, had some good players. Yeah. You know, the only
2: I think- difference I saw, like when they when they went down by a couple of runs, it was more of like. They didn't know how to respond. This is their first tournament. This is their right. first time together, so they didn't know how to respond when they when they face that adversity. So that's that's really the difference between the teams. Um, but no, that that supreme team was they were legit. They had five or six really good mm-hmm. players. I that's think there eleven new teams back this weekend. Yeah, too. they have eleven mm-hmm. new team. Paul Seaman in the comments says, "I'd love to see USA Baseball do more on the mental side." Uh, it's not part of the certification. Not addressed much in the trials and national team process. We are working on something with the NTIS with we Longero, um, Steve Springer, Trotsky, yep. getting some of those guys involved. So there is uh, some stuff going. Yeah, on. Yeah, we've
1: had we've had good conversations with USA Baseball, and I, listen, we we've been doing it for over ten years with them, and it's it, it's it's very special to Andrew and I. You know, it's it's again we say it all the time. It's it's one place that you're you're. Your check doesn't, uh, you know, get you a spot on the team. Your check gets you an opportunity to, to play, and you get around other players. That that um, you always got to put yourself in a situation where you you're gauging yourself against the next guy. Um, so when you just see the same pool every weekend that you're competing against, it's uh, you know it's, um, but it's uh, you know the mental the mental approach. We we are talking with USA Baseball about making more of an informational developmental piece in the process of the games that are played at the ntis yep. so uh, hopefully we, we put that together with them this year it's critical you know the value of this stuff uh, you know you can't really put a dollar price on it i mean it's if it's something that you learn and you and it's going to help you succeed for the rest of your life it's invaluable yep. so but uh so yeah so we got the we got the tournaments going on queens is doing well yeah, we're, queens we're doing excited great. They're on, you know a they, good they, turn now. at a conference they need to you know, be a little Big bit, a yeah. little bit better, On but the road uh, the in conference, against... there, you know, they're right there, yeah. man. I think they're third in the conference. Yeah. It'd be nice yep. to see these guys step into the playoffs, and uh, you know, when you get in the playoffs, we know that anything can happen. So Never um, know. Yeah, it's we're, we're, really we're
2: almost a month away from what?
1: I don't know. What? Golf tournament? Oh, the golf tournament! Almost yeah, a month. Yeah, almost a month away. So you're gonna say my birthday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the golf tournament's big, big fun, man. Are we yeah. almost sold out on that thing? How, I mean,
2: we're, technically we're sold out. I mean, we're at the number we've been in the past where we've been sold out, but um, we still are looking for sponsors.
1: It's a lot of yeah. fun. You told us a lot of fun.
2: about that sponsor yesterday? Which one? Long Drive. Oh, and I'll tell him after because yeah. that's not official yet, nah. but that,
1: that'd be pretty cool that's, if we get that. So. Okay. All right. So good. Now, now I got something to look forward yep. to. Andrew's information on, the, uh, on that. Uh, again, we'll start to with uh, doing our, our home play gala meetings. We're starting that up. That is what is it? November 4th uh, fourth. Fourth. That is a fourth. November fourth is a Friday night. First Friday night in November. Um, you know, it's a great night of of you know baseball camaraderie. You know, there's you know some people lay down their swords around here and show up. Other people won't, uh, which is which is fine with us. But um, you know, we bring in. Anything from former major league guys, former major league managers, obviously Mike Schilt, Grady Little have been, been awarded along the way, college coaches, Tom Walter, Jack Leggett have been uh, given awards, Chris Singleton, who was a, you know, who did amazing things with, uh, um, when his mom was part of the, uh, you know, the massacre, um, the Charleston church massacre. He's a, this kid is an amazing human being. And, uh, that was his first public speaking event yeah. was at our gala really um, yeah so it's uh, that's it's a great night it's at the ballantine Resort um, you know we we've done 300 people we haven't expanded the room by design to an extent because you know you start to expand a room and then you're getting people in there that you don't know we I mean it is it is a, I Tight mean we head. know everybody at every yeah. single table and uh it, it really is uh it's a special event. I've had my college teammates show up in there. I've had, you know, former teammates in Pro Ball show up there. I got high school guys coming up. Um, it's uh it's a lot of fun. And we raise money for You Deserve a Chance Foundation so we can provide opportunity and experiences for for kids that just are not gonna get it. Yeah. Um we've you know, we we have a scholarship player out here that mm-hmm. U uh, D A C F to Chuck. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: you know, this year. He needed it and you know, his family was it wasn't going to work financially. Tweens mm-hmm. isn't a cheap university. And uh, so, you know, we, we, we assisted there. We've uh, we've helped so many other people in different areas. Uh, you know, it started off just kind of doing it to keep kids in the game. And mm-hmm. now we realize that, um, you know, there's a lot of other things that we could touch. You know, we've done things in Columbia, South South America. We've done things down in Arkansas. Um, you know, we have a network of people that, you know, that, you know, they're, they're doing the same thing that we're doing or even more closely, they're doing a lot of things that Morris Madden's doing mm-hmm. at CMR. Yeah um that uh you know they need the assistance so whether it's equipment whether it's money whether it's whatever and we tell players out there all the time and it's you know if you're a good player and you want to be in an organization i mean obviously cbc has access to you know doing those things with udacf and you know we scholarship players on every single team that we have here yeah. um through udacf um we've helped out players in other organizations as well uh You know, we have made some mistakes along the way. When we've, you know, somebody comes in the office and says, "Hey, you know, we need some help and this and that," but then they pull up and they got you know, thousand dollar rims on their freaking beamer. It's like, you know, that doesn't play real well. Yeah. Uh, But so that's so that's the the ACF piece. Obviously, if you have not been out to Knot Hole. You got to come out and see it because everything is popping now. You know yep. when the when the grass when the grass turns green in the common area, this place is going to look really oh, yeah. good. And when you come out here, leave the rocks alone on yeah, the ground. Yeah, don't touch <laughs> the rocks. My back is so sore from bending over. Should charge now. everyone a yeah. dollar a rock they move. Yeah, they wouldn't touch them would they? <laughs> no, they would. They wouldn't touch the rocks then, but we're finding them all over the place. Um, Lights again. I want to, we want to thank the Knights, uh, Charlotte Knights, AAA affiliate for the Chicago White Sox that. uh, they're putting a whole new lighting system in at their facility going to the LEDs and the laser show and all that other stuff and uh, and donated the stanchions the the hats and the bulbs uh, to us so we're in the process of they're actually are they cutting a conduit out there today? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, they're running like another conduit to the other field uh, today but hopefully by end of May um you know this place is lit yeah. up and it'll be it'll be a different world it'll be cool if you're on a plane flying over the top of the lights
2: yeah we should yeah. book a flight just so we can get the pictures
1: Yeah, we're where we gonna book it to what casino are we gonna <laughs> do first because we got to go somewhere we go Cher- cherokee and we go yeah, cherokee we're places gonna fly there. to cherokee why not the little planes don't fly over the top we only get big planes over the top <laughs> yeah we'll figure it out yeah let's go to like vegas or something yeah. <laughs> let's do let's, let's do that route um might so, be able
2: to crank up them speakers, too, them from the plane. Speakers are dude, awesome those still. those speakers,
1: like, I, you know, those are too loud for this old man. I uh, you know. I mean, <laughs> Get I'm, your I'm, hearing I mean I'm trying to yeah. talk to uh, Chris Anderson from Belmont Abbey and Ross yesterday, and I'm like, we're <laughs> screaming at each other. And, uh, you know, but it's, again, those speakers were donated. Donate, so, yep. I mean, there's, everything out here has been through through nonprofit. It's amazing. Um, hopefully when people come out, if when you do come out, you know, we have what do you call those, those QR codes? codes? QR codes. Yeah. We have QR codes around the thing. And you can find out, the you know, the history of this place um, on the signs. Yeah. You know, and you, you know, can read about it and understand, you know, people come in here and they and they complain about gates and stuff like that. Now, if it's you, trip, it's a different story, but we get a percentage that goes to the knothole of the gate. But if we're running our event and you're paying a gate, this gate isn't going in somebody's pocket. This gate is going back into the facility to, to to keep it the way it is. It's going back into the facility to do the programming that we have going on with CMR, as far as uh, you know, the reading writing programs and the uh, the SAT preps and the financial literacy program. Yep. Uh, you know, so that, you know, this money is going in places that are good. Yep. So, you know, don't rip the person there going, oh, man, I'm paying a gate again. You know, and the cost of everything has gone up cost of umpires have gone up, cost of facilities. Umpires has gone have up. gone way baseballs up. Baseballs are out of control. You, 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 yeah. you found baseballs for us at a that Yeah. I mean, it's still 44, which is crazy. To what good it was, price. almost $80 yeah. a $80 yeah. a $80 a, $80 a dozen. Ball, I mean, it's $80, $90 a dozen yeah. now you see these balls fly over the fence, man. I cringe. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, there goes $8. You you start, you know, you start doing that all over the place and it's uh, it adds up, but so, you know, it's a big part of it. Um, I think we kind of covered everything we need to cover this week. Right. Uh, We have, uh, we have Ali Faber getting ready to, uh, come out with us, and she's the stretch lady. She's another one that's worked on. Dylan's like our guinea pig. We send Dylan everywhere, twist him up, stretch him up, work on the head, you know, work on all this other stuff. Um, and then Alan Tyson from Architect Sports, who we we we, they are great supporters of everything we've done out here for UDACF to Not Hold to uh, to our All Star Game. Um, you know, they they're always involved. Alan Tyson was the trainer when I was in AAA in '93, right. and uh, he had a uh, like a Tom Selleck mustache and um and it's fun shows your age when you say that tom Selleck. no no when you say 93 yeah because tom Selleck's (laughs) like doing reverse mortgages now right (laughs) that's how old that guy is (laughs) so yeah but uh but yeah that's uh been a big they've they've been architect sports been a big part of it ea sports fields eddie busky and his group man you know if you're looking to have fields worked on things done these guys are amazing and you're in this area and he does not advertise, doesn't market. I mean, that's and he's one of those guys that's so good that, you know, it's word of mouth. Who built your field? Who built yeah. your field? You know, and, uh, you know, the maintenance and the crew that's out here, they've, they've been amazing. Uh, yeah. Blast Motion, Todd Friedman in that group, they've been, you know, a big part of everything that's going on. And there's so many other people that are involved out here that don't want the, you know, don't want the attention. Um, it's 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 amazing. I mean, we have million dollar donors out here that yeah. just listen, you, you guys are doing the right thing, and uh, you know, keep it up, and you know, we'll we'll stay on track with you. So, it's it's been it's been amazing. It's a good piece for us to you know, to have incorporated. You know, it, it fits well with USA Baseball in yeah. terms of the you know, the brand and the missions and all that other stuff, yeah. So, but um, I'm done, man. You done? I'm done. You guys done? Oh, Jared, we appreciate it, man. Yeah, Thank you, know, you, me. First time. Injected a little bit, so we, you know, <laughs> we know we got a go-to guy. Yeah. We need we need that guy that when I get a chance to go on vacation, which is once every few years, right? <laughs> you know that uh, that can just run the, the show. Last and we three weeks. Be, uh, last three. <laughs> <laughs> March is my March is my month. <laughs> March is my month. I got to run in March. Otherwise, we haven't had this opportunity in the past. Because we have the younger teams. We don't have the younger teams. Right. Now. Yeah, that's true. You know, so it's, you know, and now oh, I get man. to go, you know, do different things and get away for a little bit because once school ball's over, it's, it's a grind. It's, go time. It's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy, but much rather be doing this than anything else. So we appreciate everybody. So listen, NIL, the the players, NIL dot com the players com if you're a high school player getting ready to go into college if you're a parent that have kids going into college you need to jump on that website you need to do the research you need to reach out to mark Kestra and get educated because there's you know it may some for some it's going to be a substantial amount but i think for everybody there's going to be an opportunity to make some money and Why not? listen, mm-hmm. you know baseball is not full rides you know so you know if you can if you can find ways to put a little cash in your pocket and uh then do it mm-hmm. and um so good, and uh, and then and then Pat Fensom, you know that's another one. You know, we reach out to us, and we'll connect you with 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 that guy because what he's done to uh, kids mentally has just been it's, it, it, it's good stuff. It's another tool, and that's it, man. I am going to leave this show, and I don't know where I'm going. What should I do? We got anything I need to do, Andrew? Just go and take it that. That's it. I'm good at that. I'm good at that. We well, appreciate everybody listening. to for Baseball Report. We'll do this again next Wednesday. So peace out.